Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode. It is the Match Fit Football Podcast. I'm Darren, your host here this week on the Match Fit Football Podcast. As always, remember Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Match Fit Football for any of your footballing needs. But today's guest, he is a player for Atletico Ottawa. He's a Canadian international. It is Chris Manella. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Darren. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on. You know, it was really good to, to connect with some of the staff members, you know, at, at Atletico and, and kind of get chatting and eventually get you here on the show. I mean, I'm excited to get it going. You know, before we went live, you did mention you were training today. Talk to me a little bit about training today. How did that go? And what have you done since training? Have you been in any type of recovery or has it been a bit more relaxed for you? Yeah, training uh, more of a normal, normal day today. Um, you know, came in. Did our normal morning routine, kind of warm up uh, in the in the locker rooms, head out the field, um, and yeah, it was a competitive session, small side of games, and some finishing. That was kind of the the bulk of the training session, and then afterwards, um, typical day where you just kind of head home. Uh, you know, you toss on some FIFA and some Netflix, and and uh, get into the kind of recovery mode. And uh, we're actually fortunate enough that we have two days off because um, our next match isn't for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So it was more of a relaxed kind of day as opposed mm -hmm. to other days where you're kind of looking after yourself a little bit more than others because mm -hmm. uh, you have a training session less than 24 hours or even a match sometimes uh, less than 24 hours away. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the interesting factors, you know, Athletic Audible, we're in the Canadian Premier League, you know, and I think this is very unique um, with a lot of our listeners in Europe and in the UK. I find, how do I word it, maybe the traveling, so to speak, let's put it this way, like whenever you have an away game, say at Pacific, you know, that's a five and a half hour flight across a country, a country that is enormous, by the way, you know, we look at it and sometimes in the UK and it's like, oh, it's a two hour train from one end of England to the other or whatever. But in terms of how do you guys as a team and yourself personally, how do you deal with the with the traveling aspect of, of, of playing in the Canadian Premier League? Yeah, it's not easy. Um, you know, we're a large country in terms of, you know, landmass. It's it's quite incredible. Uh, so like you said, traveling from here to Victoria is not only a five-hour flight, but then we're flying out of Ottawa, which necessarily doesn't have direct flights to everywhere. So then you're traveling, you know, on an hour flight, and then you got a three-hour layover, and then another four-and-a-half-hour flight. So it's it's definitely a long process in the traveling circumstances. Um, but, you know, dealing with it, you just got to do do what you can. Um, I use the Normatec boots quite often. You know, I think if they've actually come into play and, and helped me quite a bit, especially, you know, just laying in the hotel, you just pop them in and, and that's good. Um, I think nutrition and hydration, I know it's it's kind of almost like a cliche, but it, it comes... Uh, it's it's so important, especially when you're going along these these huge journeys for you know one match. Um, if you're not doing the proper things off the field, such as you know hydrating and, and eating properly, then uh, you're going to come into a lot of a lot of problems as soon as the kind of the whistle blows for the match. Um, and you know it's, it's funny because you said you know in the UK you know whether you're a Premier League team you know Championship or whatever you're, you're traveling is is your travel business isn't far at all um, you know and, and a former teammate of mine Jermaine Defoe actually was was quite interesting seeing his perspective because you know played in the Premier League at the highest level for so long came to TFC and then all of a sudden we're flying to Seattle we're flying to Vancouver we're flying out west you know for however long and he's like you know what is this I remember that he was kind of just like it was it was insane. Uh, you know, he was well, not used to it. And it's and it's funny because I had never even thought of it. You know, even if you're traveling from one end to the other, it's uh, a short, quick flight. So it's um, so it's not easy, that's for sure. And another thing on top of that, it's completely different wherever you play. You know, for example, it could be like minus 30 somewhere and then you could fly out, like we said, you know, to Victoria and then all of a sudden you're playing in six degrees 
wind storms and just rain and you kind of have to adapt to that as well and you know even mls for toxic you know you go to salt lake city and all of a sudden you're playing at altitude it's so radically different and so demanding on the body i think absolutely absolutely i mean just in ourself we were in edmonton which was like you know i don't even remember but it was like zero or even below zero <laughs> celsius and then you know you kind of come back home to, to ottawa and it was like 19 degrees and it's just like it's it, and that's you know even just within our country i can even you know in, in the mls i remember just going down to florida and then coming back here it's like <laughs> night and day you kind of forget and then you travel out to denver and you can't breathe in the training session so it's it's there's so many variations that come into play and it's not just uh, at the end of the day, it's not just football. There's so many factors that come into play. That's what I think is so challenging probably about the, not only just the Canadian premier league, but the MLS as well and the ASL and things like that. It's the amount of sheer demand on the body in terms of traveling preparation. You talked about nutrition, your hydration. There's so yeah. much more goes into it maybe behind the scenes than what we see on the pitch. And I think that's so vital. And I almost feel it's a bit hidden, you know, from the potential fan. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the most insight the fan can probably get is watching kind of the, uh, the Amazon documentaries. You know, you see the city ones, you see, I you know even the Sunderland one was, which was awesome, but you've got an inside glimpse of what um, the change room looks like and kind of what an everyday looks like. And it's strange because it's no different from, you know, even the U.S sell to the cpl to you know seeing these guys in the prem yes there are levels to this and there are different kind of financial uh, discrepancies amongst clubs but the bulk of it is the same so it's mm -hmm. the fan can get a inner look of, of how much actually goes into a training session how much goes into a match day and how much uh, preparation there is for for all the things that come mm -hmm. with uh with being a footballer yeah it, it's incredible and i think even the cfl as well um you know, or CPL, sorry, the growth of that um, and how quickly it is growing, you know, for you as a footballer, you must take some pride in that being a player, you know, in this league, in this continuing growth, so to speak. And I think when you look at Canada's national team and how it's performing and you now see Canada with its own Premier League and you now see certain players being able to develop and play first team football rather than maybe get lost a little bit, maybe in some of the bigger academies. The growth, I think, of, of football or soccer in, in North America as a whole has been astonishing in the last sort of 10 years, so to speak. Absolutely. It's, it's quite incredible. I mean, you touched on the national team and that's, that's such a huge success, not only for, for them, but it's, they, I, I mean, I, I assume they understand of how much they're actually carrying on their back because they're, they're propelling this game into, you know, everyone's eye. And, and if we make a world cup, which I think is, is on the horizon, you're going to see it even kind of explode even more. You know, I've had people tell me who, who don't even watch soccer at all, friends of mine. And all of a sudden they're asking me like, Oh, we're going to the world cup. What does it take? So they're, they're doing so much for, for the, the heavy lifting to, to kind of propel the game. But yeah, it's, it's just the CPL in itself is, is only growing. It's, it's year three and really only year two of what, normal because last year was just a bubble uh and the growth is is exponential and you kind of also touched on the players in in kind of the canadian pool where you know they're thriving in european clubs and not just european clubs we're talking like some of the biggest european european clubs so it, it, the growth of of canadian soccer has just been exponential over the last kind of five years it, it's uh, it's something great to see and it's something great to be a part of
Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Even since I moved here to Canada in 2015, from where it's came from to right now, you know, seeing that growth every year, it, it's mind blowing, actually, you know, mm-hmm. coming from a, you know, where I come from in the UK and football's an everyday aspect of life. And you kind of see football becoming more and more prominent in society, you know, going into work when the, you know, when the women's national team won the one at the Olympics and stuff and seeing people we're all pausing work to go stand right a TV, just the little things like that. That's just creating so much more interest in the game. Absolutely. I mean, the women's national team just had a game here for their celebrations were out in Ottawa and, you know, 16, 17,000 people came out on a cold, um, you know, Saturday afternoon. And it was, uh, it's incredible to see because, you know, I, I said men's national team, but I mean, the whole Canadian soccer program yeah. is just, is just doing, you know, bits to, to absolutely make this, uh, um, and not a number one sport because I think hockey will always be a tough competitor, especially. <laughs> but but they're they're definitely pushing for that top spot, and it's and it's incredible. It's awesome. Yeah, it absolutely is. Now, tell me a little bit about Athletical Ottawa and how you know Ottawa originally Ottawa Fury and how it's developed in the Athletical Ottawa and how you're finding it there and this season and and how you're fitting in and stuff. Because I don't think a lot of people realize the connection with Athletical Madrid and stuff like that. I think that kind of goes <laughs> under the radar a little bit. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk talk to me about your time at Athletical Ottawa. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, first and foremost, results haven't gone our way this season. So I think that's that's evident. But regardless of that, because that can be, you know, football is a, a strange game where it can change within a matter of days or even hours. So uh, putting that aside, I think the, the season was ultimately a, a good one for, for the entire city, for the entire club. Um, being partnered with Atletico is something uh, very special and something that, you know, you never really could either think would kind of be a part of a Canadian soccer club. Uh, we're talking one of the powerhouses of European football, uh, you know, world football uh, in that matter. So to, to kind of be, um, you know, their, their little brother or their, you know, one of their uh, affiliates is, is something incredible. I mean, our preseason was, was just uh, something to marvel at because, you know, seeing the first team facilities, you know, seeing their, where they're training, you know, we're living essentially their life. Our first two weeks was in their hotel where they spend the first two weeks of preseason. We open up Instagram on their Atletico Madrid account and they're there where we were. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty something, uh, it's pretty cool to, to be a part of something like this. And I think the fans have kind of grasped um, the whole affiliation and, and us welcoming us to, to this city with, with open arms because the support was unwavering from, from game to game. It was, uh, it was something really, really special to be a part of. And, it's, and I know it's only going to keep growing because it's only been really the first year of them being actually uh, found, like, you know, having foundation in the city. So it's awesome. Yeah, it is. And it's that continued growth that we want to see. Yeah. And we've touched on it with the national teams. We've touched on it even with it. We know with the Canadian Premier League, we've touched on it in the MLS as well. That continued growth of, of football just here in North America. It, it, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but to cut to what I mean, I want to talk about what brings that growth and what brings that growth, in my opinion, is the players. Not only the players, there's stuff a lot, a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and I don't want to discredit anybody by saying it's just the players, but certainly yep. the players. And when you see a player who can perform at an elite level or a quality player, it draws eyes to the product. And for you as a footballer, what are the keys to elite performance, or what are the keys to high performance? Yeah, that's that's a really good question because you know there's so many different uh, keys to what can be. Um, you know, help you be elite. Um, I think for myself, um, just over my experience, over my career, I think taking care of your body should be like um, 
kind of like the blanket statement and then kind of branch off what, what that entails. So I think the biggest thing for me is I've already said it, nutrition and hydration, I think are two very, very important things. Um, and prehab activation, as long as, as you find, uh, pre kind of warm up pre-training, if you have your little routine, um, that lets you, uh, let your body be ready for the kind of blow it's going to take on the field. I think that's super important because, you know, that's, that's your foundation. Your body is your foundation without that being ready and, and able, and it's nearly impossible to do all the technical side. And then, so once that's kind of, uh, that foundation is, is kind of built and, and you have that steady, you move into more of the technical aspect and the tactical aspect that's more, um, you know, fine tuned. So I think in terms of that stuff, it's, it's all about kind of dedication. And I know that's almost another cliche and like dedication, 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 but it really is the repetition and dedication that you apply to yourself, whether it be in training with a team or one-on-one -on -one training or whatever it may be, if you have that dedication and sort of thrive to, to make sure you're trying to be your best every day, uh, I think that can pay huge dividends in the long run, because I'm sure that no matter what people say, whether it's God-given speed or God-given power shot, maybe you have those certain attributes. But if you don't continue to be dedicated and exploring the new and how to be better, then you're never going to really reach that elite level. And that's uh, and that's something that not many people do. And otherwise, if it was really easy, then you know we'd all be playing for you know Barcelona or Manchester City. But having that kind of mentality, I think is such a huge part of, of this game. And if you can, if you can have that mentality and then continue to have success on the field, then I think it's, uh, you're going to, you're going to see a, a career for, for yourself kind of uh, explode. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with everything you've said there. And you've said about six different things that I kind of want to segue into. Yeah. You've given me that yeah, much in your answer. Yeah. <laughs> you've given me that much in your answer. I'm not quite yeah. sure which way to go here in the segue, but yeah, you, you, there's, yeah, there's so much. No, but there's so much quality in that. It wasn't, it wasn't so much the ramble because I don't yeah. think there was a ramble. There was so much depth and quality to that in terms of your, like you said, your nutrition, your, you know, the quality, your hydration, the quality of mm. the food that you're eating, making sure everything is in order, almost, you know, doing the basics and doing the basics consistently and well and being dedicated in that aspect. And yeah. as a result, then you can demand more from your body. And That's I think right. the more football has evolved, especially this last 10 years or so, the more that is actually demanded of every player on the pitch, you know, center backs need to be able to play, you know, passes like center midfielders, you know, goalkeepers That's need cool. to be able to play out from the back. Center midfielders need to be able to go box to box and play make and hit set pieces. Wingers need to be able to attack and defend and to track runners. There's so much more demanded of players these days. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the top, top players in each position, right? I mean, subjectively, you look at Virgil van Dijk, you know, yes, he's a strong, big kind of classic center back, but then he's playing passes like, you know, Paul Scholes at times. Yeah. You're like, this is unbelievable. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's picking balls. He's playing in between the lines. You look at Ederson, Ederson, big, yes, structure foundation is, is big kind of goalkeeper. He's an unbelievable passer. His feet are incredible. So I think having kind of multiple assets and multiple kind of variations to your game um, is, is very, 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 if not the most important thing in, in modern football, because, you know, if, if you're just a kind of a one trick pony, it's, it's not kind of, it's uh, the game's going to bypass you very, very quickly. And not to say that, you know, anyone in the past was a one trick pony, but it's just the evolution of the game is, is so, 
uh, is in that sense where you have to be able to do no matter what position, multiple things well at that position, which like you have to make sure you're, you're building on each day and, and you're, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head with, with those, with those things. Yeah, it absolutely is. Like you think back to your center back when I started watching football in the nineties, as long as they could tackle head and clear the ball <laughs> away, you know, it was like, but there's my center back, but now if a center back does yeah, that, yeah. the manager's kind of screaming at them, why are you giving yeah, the ball yeah, away? Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. it's, it's just funny how the game has changed and how quickly it's changed really as well. Um, what are the, what are the words you use was the dedication that obviously comes from your discipline. Um, mm. how do you, how do you maintain your discipline? Do you have things in motion that you do every day, certain times, or what is it for you that makes the, the key difference to stay dedicated, so to speak? Uh, it's, it's, it's funny because I think the biggest thing for me was, was, injuries have happened where I've kind of gone astray at times. Um, and I, you know, it's, it still happens where it's like, whether the timing for training or, you know, is kind of a crunch time because you're having meetings, whatever it may be. If I don't do my, my proper routine of getting my body ready to go on the field, I already start feeling like either my hip flex, my groin and stuff like that. I already kind of feel like getting a little bit more sore than it would be on a normal routine day. So for myself, it's kind of just the, the kick in the ass of, Hey, if you don't do this, your body's not going to be ready to, to, take the what's training the training load so for me the dedication becomes hey this is your career this is what you want to do this is what you love so if you are not consistent in keeping your body fit muscularly whatever it may be then then you're not going to be able to perform and do what you love and, and essentially have a career so i think that's the, the biggest thing and and by no means if i've dealt with injuries this season you know more than ever but injuries happen and and that's kind of a part of it but you still can't go astray from the things that you do on a daily basis uh because then you're just kind of kicking yourself uh in the ass i might say yeah absolutely and one of the things that you mentioned you know what is your hydration and you mentioned mm -hmm. um you know your diet as well and something that's maybe unique to you is you're totally plant-based and um, was mm -hmm. that something was that a decision you made later on in life after some research did you find it was better for injury prevention or what made you go down that route yeah um i wouldn't say it was any one particular thing i've i me personally i've had kind of digestive issues for for a long long time um you know dealt with kind of stomach issues so i wanted to try something new i wanted to see if that would help me um and you know what it, it did and I, and i feel kind of um really good doing it so I, it's only been about two years now um, in that, in that plant-based diet. And, uh, you know, I feel really good. And, and for me, whenever people ask me about my diet, I say, listen, do your own research, do whatever it may be. I will never force anyone or kind of push my values onto someone else, especially in the world of professional sports, because I would say, try, try things, sorry, excuse me, try things. And if it feels right, if it feels good for you, then stick with it because you and I are different. And then my teammate and I are different. So it doesn't matter. You know, I can think this is the best thing in the world, but you know, it may not work for you. So, is it, but if you try it and it does stick, well then, you know, great. Then you mm -hmm. kind of found something that, you know, helps you uh, feel better on the field. It helps you feel better on the day to day. Uh, and for me, it was kind of just, you know, obviously stemmed from the digestive issues. And then obviously I feel uh, lighter, I feel fit. And when I'm uh, in matches, it feels, uh, I feel, I feel a difference. I definitely feel different. I think that's the key component, isn't it? You know, you're feeling the difference and you're feeling it yep. in, in, a, in a beneficial way. So mm. like you said, you know, if it works for you, do it and you keep doing it. And um, one of the other questions we'd like to ask, you know, all the all the professional athletes is, do you take any supplements at all? Like whey proteins, BCAAs, and when would you take those after training, yep. after matches? I do, yeah, I do. I take my protein powders. Um, being plant-based, you know, that's that's really important to make sure you're getting enough uh, protein in your diet. Um, I do take a vegan protein powder 
Um, I do take kind of my, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what else is called. It's uh, like have them up there. I do the BCAAs. <laughs> I do that for sure. But there's another one I take. Oh, I do the, um, the pre-activation stuff, the pre-workout. Yeah. I'll do that. It's also a, a vegan one as well. And I won't do that every day. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll start with like coffee instead, but I do take a, pre, a pre-workout. And uh, those are kind of my three main things that I'll be taking. The BCAAs I, I will do before a workout as well. So the pre-workout and the BCAAs will be before. And then the, uh, the protein shake will be after. And like you said, you know, it's important to know your own body and to know, you know, your own way of doing things. And when you find out what works, you do it. And it's good for you if you find out certain ways, you know, to do that. And you talked about pre-activation, you know, earlier on in one of your responses. Um, what would you do? Is, it, is the pre-activation very much like pre-training? Is it pre-game? Or what is it that you do that's sort of a bit different for you? Yeah. So um, it's every day. So whether it be game day training session, it's it'll my pre-activation will be every day. Uh, I try to time it anywhere between 20 and 25 minutes before actually on the field because it takes me about you know 50 to 20 minutes to actually uh, complete it. Um, and it entails kind of a whole regimen of you know starting off with foam rolling, warming up my muscles to kind of uh, wake them up from, from the night. And then I'll start doing an opening of my hips, kind of uh, 10 each direction forwards on a 45 degree angle and then kind of a 90 degree angle. I'll do about 10 each side. Uh, and then I'll go into more of dynamic movements, opening up my hips, uh, activating my glutes with bands, and then activating my groins, doing kind of certain exercises, squeezing the ball. Uh, and then as soon as that's done, I'll do a couple more right before I go on the field, a couple more band walks to kind of get the glutes firing so I can be kind of activated in that area. And then I go straight into warm up. So it's usually to about 20, 15 to 20 minutes to complete. And I'll try to aim it anywhere between, you know, 20, 25 minute mark for each training. And that that's every day. <laughs> And is that based on really injury prevention or? or yes. Yeah. So, so it's, it started off, I've had kind of um, hip strains in the past and groin strains in the past. Mm. So that's why I mainly focus on my hips and my groins. Uh, mm. I also do wear core shorts. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they're yeah. very kind of compressed um, uh, tights and they kind of go in an X pattern to hold myself together. Uh, but yeah, it was basically an injury prevention. Uh, ever since then, I've tried to find ways to limit those. And ever since I've kind of stuck with with this one program I've been doing, I you know knock on wood, I've been I've been pretty solid in that area. That's great to hear. And well, the reason why I ask these questions is we do have a lot of young listeners, people who want to go pro, or yep. maybe people who are you know maybe in an academy and trying to set themselves apart and. There's, we're hopefully trying to provide some valuable information that they can take and say, okay, this is various ways that works for different athletes. And I think the key component with that is everyone who seems to be wanting to push on or is is driven, but they're always doing something extra, whether that yeah. be that little warm up before warm up, whether it be the stretching, whether it be the, a little bit of extra gym work. Have you find that has impacted your performance, that extra individual focus? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, not only preparing your body, but it also kind of gives you that sense of uh, structure, you know, mm-hmm. that sense of this is my time, I'm going to do this and kind of nothing is going to come in my way because, you know, this is something that I need. So I think it's heavily impacted my performance, you know, not only, you know, on a physical standpoint, me being ready, but absolutely on a mental standpoint, because it gives you that, that kind of refresh and just, you know, being able to surround yourself in, in just the things that you have to do instead of all distractions that may come, whether it be match there or training session, doesn't matter. It gives you that sense of, you know, this is for me and this is what I got to do in order to perform my best. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because everybody has a different way of preparing you know whether it be for training or for a match day and speaking of training because there's 
every everyone takes especially the elite level takes a professional approach to training um, I know, obviously, when you go into training every day, you're, you're, you're there, you're there to work hard, you're there to improve, you're there to give it 100%. But you're obviously training with your friends, you're training with people you have a bit of fun with all at the same time. Talk to me about the importance of the professional approach to training and how, how seriously do you take that every single day? To put it simply, training is, is my job, you know, and that's what you know, young players who want to be professional, that's how they have to think of it. You know, whether it be a more of a traditional job that their parents or friends may have who not necessarily play professional sports, it's the same thing for you. You know, it's the same thing for that player going into the training ground every day is, is that's their job. That's their office. So if you're not taking it professionally, if you're not, you know, having the right attitude mentally or whatever it may be, um, you know, maybe it's, it's not the right environment for you. Um, so that's kind of the way I approach it every single day, ever since I was you know, 15, wanting to, to really make a push uh, to become a professional. Um, and that's and that's the way you have to be in order to actually, you know, take that leap into professional football. Um, you just have to make sure that every single day you're going into the training ground, that it's that it's a, a day at the office and bad days happen. And that's that's OK, but it's a day at the office no matter what. And that's how you have to approach it. It's an interesting point you've made. And, and you mentioned when you were 15 years old, you really had that mindset. You began to start, you know, thinking that way at 15. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Jermaine Defoe, you know, at Toronto and, and how he he done really well for Toronto. But he did obviously struggle, of course, with, with the traveling and stuff. You know, I'm sure it was yeah. mind, mind-blowing for him. Um, take me back to when you were 15, 15, 16, 17, and growing up and the dream and the aspiration to play professional and not only just play professional, to represent your country, which you did several times. And I think that's an incredible achievement, you know, to represent your country on at a professional level. Um, tell me about maybe the best piece of coaching advice that you've ever received in your life, especially when you're at that age and that de- you're you're developing, but you're also getting ready for that first team and to play really against men. Yeah, um, I say 15 because that was when I first originally joined TFC Academy. And then as soon as you entered that kind of environment, you realize, oh, wow, like, you know, this is this is real, you know, especially being from there. And it's like we didn't have anything, but it's like, you know, this is real and this this is this is possible. Um, When you ask me about a a piece of advice, um, it's it's hard to pinpoint one specific thing because I think I've taken a piece from you know, all the coaches I've had and, and kind of made, you know, a mold of, of all the good things that they've said. Um, I think, I think, you know, Greg Vanny at the time was, was a very meticulous tactical, um, you know, technician. He was, he was actually very, very in tune with, with all of the aspects of game, whether it be from our sports science, to thing, uh, to on the field and, and tactical, uh, you know, he, he once told me about, um, you know, playing the game, as time, you know, he kind of used the analogy of using the game as, as time and the whole game was time. And I think that's the one thing I can honestly think of, and it may not necessarily be an individual thing, but it was more of kind of a team thing. And, and I, I keep resorting back to that for, for a few people who have asked me, and it's just like, if I can pass you the ball within one second and the defender can get there in, you know, you know, 2.5 seconds, we're now in a, a positive one second, 1.5 second, you know, advantage. And I think that we kind of broke down that thing. And I think that's the one thing tactically or one thing that I can just pull from my memories in terms of actually thinking about what a coach told me. Um, but I've had all my coaches on the other side kind of just tell me, you know, if you're not going to be dedicated, similar things that I was like, you're not going to be dedicated, you're not going to be ready, then you're going to absolutely get folded kind of come the, the professional game. So they, they've all told me in multiple different ways, you know, you have to be ready in multiple different uh, ways to, to play in the program. 
it's phenomenal how just like one little, you know, example or yeah. one little analogy can just stick with you, you know, for your whole career and you're able to pass that on. I, I heard an interview with Kyle Walker when he first joined Man City and when I think he got the ball past him in training and he, he took it on his right foot and Pep stopped the training session, blew the whistle and said, you know, when that ball came to you, you're at right back. So you lose point not one of a millisecond by letting it go to your right foot. If you take that in your left foot, you've like one point, you're like point not one second yeah. up and you're just sort of going, that, that's insane. You know, just like yeah. the meticulous details, but certainly details which inevitably make the difference in a match day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a very similar kind of thing that I was just touching on. It's it's strange. It's really strange, but it's, but it's cool. It's cool to think back. Yeah, absolutely it is. And something you've touched on several times, we haven't really come to the topic yet, but we're going to right now. And it's one of my favorite topics. The match fit mindset is what I like to call it. You know, you've touched on discipline and dedication and stuff, but how important is having that strong mindset and being focused and being determined? You know, you, you we mentioned earlier, it's probably one of the most important things if you get that right before going out and playing. But how important is it to be, you know, strong mentally and focused, determined, disciplined, all of that stuff that features into a, a footballer's life? Yeah, that's, um, it's such a, such a huge portion of this game. And I would say, you know, 50% of this game is, is mental. I would go straight down the middle with like the technical, tactical side. And then the other 50% is mental. The game is not easy in, in any aspect, whether professional or not, you know, whether you're in the team, you're out of the team, you're injured, you're healthy. It's, it's a roller coaster of emotions. So I think uh, being able to be mentally strong is, is, is huge for a footballer of, of any, of any nature. Um, when it comes to obviously the dedication aspect, that's, it also plays into the mindset because you always have to be thinking whether you're a professional, how can I be better? Or whether you're a young footballer aspiring to be a professional, how can I be a professional? So having that mindset is, is super, super important and being mentally strong. And I've had to miss, you know, birthday parties. I've had to miss, you know, proms. I've had to miss a, a bunch of things, you know, in my life because, you know, this is what I, I wanted to do. Um, and having that kind of mentality and kind of tunnel vision at times is is super important. Not to say that you can't enjoy your life and also be a professional footballer, but you just have to make sure that you're mentally strong enough to understand that if this is what you really want, then that's got to be the most important thing for for however long it may be. It is, isn't it? You know, it really is the most important thing. And something that I think is a challenge for mo- for a lot of young footballers is the the fine line between winning and developing. Because sometimes you could win a game of football and, you know, maybe as a team or as an individual, you've been horrible, but you've got the win and you're like, happy days, three points, move on. But at the same time, you can also go out there and have an unbelievable performance and lose. And it's trying to find that balance. And for a young player and for yourself, whatever you were coming up through, did you, how did you find that balance? Or was, was there a finding of that balance or is it very subconscious? Yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's a tough one to kind of maneuver within, within that system because you know, for myself, we were, you know, 15, 16 playing in what was the Canadian Soccer League at the time, which were against fully grown men. Um, so it was it was more often than not, we were getting hammered, you know, we were bottom of the table and, and whatever it may be. But um, it's it's finding kind of, you know, that balance is, is, isn't easy. And I'm trying to just think because I remember, more, like I said, more often than not, we're losing, but it's like, all right, just going through games and just getting absolutely peppered with goals and just had coming into the locker room being like damn it like that's not what we wanted but then our manager kind of corralling us being like listen 
you're playing against men, this is where your time to shine is, you know, this is where, you know, if you want to be a professional, how can you handle this guy who may be 25, 26, 27, whatever it was, and you're 15, 16, where you're physically not even close on their level, but it's like, can you find ways, you know, can you be quicker on the ball than them? Can you do this? So it's, for me personally, I think it was, um, it was definitely a difficult time, but it was an enjoyable time because I saw myself growing from, you know, year to year to year in multiple aspects and then kind of making that leap. It was, uh, it was something special. And I think if I had to either step into a coaching role now and, and be coaching, you know, that kind of age group, I would definitely be more on the side of, of what my coaches were on the development side. I'd be like, listen, yes. Okay. If we go out and win, no problem, but it's, it's more about how we play and it's more about how you can play as an individual to you know help yourself and help the team. Because at the end of the day, you know, if, if you lose to a, a team of, of grown men, then, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter because, you know, you're, you're focusing on much more than that. You know, you're focusing on your, your potential next 10 to 15, 20 years of, of a career. So I think that's the mindset I would have as well. It certainly is that, isn't it? It's the career focus, you know, the mindset of having that long-term successful professional career. And it's constantly looking to develop and to learn um, while being able to develop into the player that you want to be or that you can be, if I can word it that way, yeah. for the for the next portion of your career. And obviously you mentioned you took some hammerings, you know, when you were young playing against the men and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, talk to me about confidence. Confidence for a footballer seems to be everything. You know, you've seen some of the best strikers in the world go through maybe a goal drought and all of a sudden it looks like they can't hit a barn door. But once they get one, next thing they're scoring every week. How important, not only because ability is there. If you're a professional footballer, you have ability. It really comes down to the how consistent can you be with that ability? You know, can you be Wilfred Zaha and maybe play really well every other week? Or can you be <laughs> Mohamed Salah and play really well every week? You know, yeah. talk to me about confidence and consistency as a footballer. Yeah, confidence is is huge. It's, uh, you know, like I said, it's within that 50% of the mental game that I kind of mentioned. It's uh, it's it's not easy to constantly or always be confident because, like I said, you can you can hit a wall sometimes and, you know, comments or whatever may affect you in, in different ways um so i think having the ability to be confident at all times even when things are not going your way is something that an elite performer is able to do on a consistent basis i think having that mentality is is super super important and not everyone can you know not everyone can have that mentality because you know if you look at the top top performers over however many years you know you have messi and ronaldo they've gone through you know, times where the fans are whistling at them or they're losing five, six nil and, you know, they're not scoring goals for however, two, three games, whatever it may be. But then for them to be internally being like, okay, I, I'm still this person. I have to be confident in my ability. And, and they are, and they can seriously see it. And then they step out and they, they score a hat trick and they do this. Mm -hmm. And that's them internalizing. I'm still this person. I have the ability. I know this and that. Things may not be going my way. People may be saying certain comments about me, whether it be, you know, from a youth football perspective, a lot of times it's parents, a lot of times it's, you know, sometimes youth coaches, whatever it may be. And then into the professional game, fans, media, you know, whoever it is on that side, kind of blocking that out, understanding who you are within yourself and being able to perform at a level, you know, you can and that's all that really matters. And then, you know, consistency is another big same part of that is just having that ability to produce performances week in week out and knowing that you're capable of doing that. I think if you're, if you know, you're capable of doing those things then there's nothing stopping you. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. You know, if you're capable of doing it, there's nothing stopping you. It's, it's all about the right mindset, the right, you know, 
nutrition, hydration, it kind of all filters in, in and around that whole, that whole thing, doesn't it? You know, it just, that encompasses really everything in terms of being a professional footballer on top of, you know, having the ability, of course, um, in terms of motivation as well, if you, you have everything nailed on, right? So if your nutrition's great, your hydration's great, you're feeling good, you're confident, you're playing football, what motivates you to keep, you know, turning up every day and wanting to improve? Because, I'm assuming, and again, you know, I'm not a professional player, so it's very easy for me to assume, but I'm assuming, you know, sometimes you, everything could be going well and you just kind of turn up the training and you go, but what is it that motivates you to push forward every day? Yeah. And, and that's, that's a good question because there are different stages of your career. And I would say from the moment you be sign your first professional concert, there are different stages of what may motivate you. Um, you know, if you're an older experienced footballer, you know, maybe motivating you is is having your family by your side and playing for them for as long as you can whether it be financially whatever it may be i think that's a motivation for players to the tail end of the career and then a youth footballer that they maybe their motivation is aspirations to be playing at a higher level or a different club or whatever it may be in a different league so i think it all depends on kind of the, the stage of your career um but as a generalization i think if you're not motivated to win games and if you're not motivated to propel your team into a position of, you know, success, then I think you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't necessarily be playing. You know, I think that's that's got to be, um, I think, a generalization of a, a, what a motivated footballer should look like is have those things um, that motivate them at a team level or even a personal level to play your best. Uh, and then obviously everyone is playing for different reasons to and have motivations of their own within their own personal lives. But I think if I can just broadly center like a generalization of what should motivate a football, I think it should be a team winning, a team success, and making yourself better. If you don't have those motivations, then I think it's a different, it's a, you're not in the right business. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And I think, you know, I, as you said, if those motivations, you know, the team winning, the team being successful, and it brings me to something I read today and an article I was reading about coaching, just coaching in general today, the guy was writing and he sort of said, he believes every footballer who's on the pitch has a responsibility to his fellow teammate or her fellow teammate that you have a responsibility one to give 100 percent. you have a responsibility two to help them you have a responsibility to leave nothing on the field and i just thought that was a really interesting point and for you as a player do you ever feel you know okay i have a responsibility to help my teammate out and talk to me about be, like having a feeling of responsibility of course you're focused on your own game but is there a, a feeling of responsibility or because of your part of a team you're all in it together mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's that's such a huge part because at the end of the day, it's not an individual sport. You know, it's not tennis. It's not golf. It's it's football. It's 11 guys on the field all fighting for the same goal. And then actually not even 11. It's it's 18 on the bench. And then it's going to end up being a 25 on the squad. That's a 26 on the squad, whatever it may be, fighting for the same goal. So if, if absolutely, especially myself um, being one of the older players on the team, um, specifically in this year, um, I think that there's a huge responsibility on, on everyone part of the team to help one another because, you know, kind of tail ending on my last point is everyone is playing for, for their own reasons. And, you know, if I want to, if I give a bad pass away within my own 18 yard box and, you know, my keeper is left hung out, I've put my, you know, my whole team and I've put him in a position where it's, it's difficult for him to succeed. And now I've ruined that and I've ruined this. So I've, there's a huge responsibility within everyone, especially playing, um, that you have to help one another because, you know, you, you can't be, you know, you can't beat a team one versus 11. You have to play as a unit and, 
everybody has a responsibility to to take care of their own business and help one another because uh, if you didn't then uh, you know we you'd have major problems that's for sure yeah absolutely i think i think that team ethic you know it, it can take a team so far you know yep. um it, it's incredible just with that team ethic and that team atmosphere and togetherness uh, for one of a better word yeah do. and with that being said sorry coach it's not easy to have that right mm. because you know everyone is has that kind of selfish mentality at times like i want to be doing this and if i dribble here and score here then i'm going to get in the paper or i'm going to mm -hmm. be in, on twitter or whatever instagram and it's like so i'm sure that happens you know that's happened to myself in the past it's happened to everyone so it's like finding ways to, to balance that right because mm -hmm. you know there has to be times where you have to be an individual and, and go shine and then that, that's fine but it's like you still have to have like the foundation of we are a team this is a team sport and you have to help one another lift and then if that's your main goal then i'm sure individual performances individual abilities will start to shine and, and spread light on 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 their own when when they're when they're ready and that's that's the way it is yeah it is isn't it you know i think once the team has that togetherness and that ethic like you said if that's the foundation it really gives you know those creative players who probably take most of the plaudits which is a little unfair sometimes in my opinion you know, because <laughs> they're the ones being a defensive midfielder yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know they're the ones scored all the goals you know but uh, every team wants an Golo Kante you know what I mean yeah. so um when you look at it in that context you know it gives the, the creative players the freedom to go and play go and score go and put the name up in lights but if it wasn't for the defense saying we're not conceding today, if it wasn't for the holding midfielder, you know, shout out to you saying that number 10 <laughs> isn't, isn't dictating the game today. I'm not giving him a sniff. He's not getting a yard today. You know, if yeah. it isn't for that mentality, those creative players probably don't have the ability to go and win a game because the exactly. game could be lost at the other end of the pitch. Exactly. It's such, it's such a, a pendulum where, you know, one thing affects another and, um, yeah, that's it. You you said it right, rightly so, and you know I'll let you say it right because they take all the credit, but we just sit back. So I didn't say it, you did. I just agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You just that's a politician's answer. You know, you just yeah. keep keep it right, keep it right. <laughs> um, what about the goals for yourself? You know, like you mentioned, you're one of the older guys in your team, but this this current season, um, for the next sort of six, seven, eight years of your career, 10 years, if you want to keep going, what, what what's your goals? Where, where do you see yourself going? What do you want? What legacy maybe do you want to leave behind whenever you do decide to hang up the boots? Yeah, I think that's, that's another good question as well. Um, it's, uh, I, I want to, first and foremost, I want to play as long as I can. You know, I, I, mm. this is the only thing I, I love is, you know, the only thing I can see myself doing um, for as long as it can be. So um, for me, it's, it's kind of just leaving an impression on, on any player I play with, I think would be a big thing, um, whether it be from, you know, a food and nutrition standpoint, whether it be from a work ethic standpoint, a mentality standpoint, um, whatever it is, I think my goal is to just, you know, leave an impression on my teammates, um, whatever club that might be at, uh, and, and leave them, you know, with things to build on for themselves. And then for, for, for me, uh, playing at the highest level is still, you know, aspirations for me, whether that be, you know, MLS or USL, CPL, whatever it is, I still have those motivations. I still push myself in order to, to be there. Um, and, uh, and because, you know, I feel like, you know, if I didn't have those, those kind of thing, those thoughts still, then I, you know, maybe it's already time to hang up the boots, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, for me, it's just, it's just leaving, um, I think most importantly, myself happy at the end of the, at the end of the, at the end of the show where I hang up my boots and I want to be happy with, with the things that I achieve. 
Yeah, I think I think that's that that's so vitally important, isn't it? You know, to say, you know what, I give everything there, and mm. I'm proud of my career. And mm. I think one of the key components of your career, one of the the, thought, the things that I thought was brilliant, was the fact that you've represented Canada. You know, you've played for Canada at the at a national team level. You've several caps to your name. And for a young player listening to this, who obviously the pinnacle of all football, you know, people might argue it's the Champions League or the World Cup, but you know, I think wearing your national team's jersey. And being selected as one of the best players for your country that the coaching staff see as someone who can take your country forward or win a game of football has to be one of the most proud moments a player has in his entire career, no matter what they do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I remember where I was and, and when I when how old I was exactly <laughs> in the moment I got the, the first call from from the manager at the, the national team. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely a special moment for me. Um, like you said, you know, we all want to win a World Cup. We all want to win a Champions League. Um, and then I didn't realize how special it was to, to actually be called up to the national team um, and put on that jersey for the full team. And it was uh, it's a it's a moment that I'll treasure forever, um, especially seeing the success of, of you know, the national team now. Uh, it's something that I'm happy to, to kind of be a part of in the development of. And then not only that, like I was playing with, with top, top professionals and top, top ballers at the time and, mm -hmm. and having those experiences will last with me forever. Um, so I'm, I was really, really happy and really proud to, to put on that Jersey and, you know, I still have it up and hanging in my house. So it'll be one to, to treasure for sure. Yeah, absolutely. One to frame, one to tell the kids and the grandkids absolutely. about, you know, way down the line. And uh, <laughs> I think what, one of the th things you said there, you know, you, you've got to play with some top ballers, you know, whenever you were at Canada and you mentioned Jermaine Defoe earlier, has there been any sort of veterans or players who have retired now that were maybe instrumental in your career, maybe not even with, with you as in, verbally helping you or physically helping you just even in how they conducted themselves and the professionalism is there anyone that comes to mind or sticks out yeah i mean one in particular the first thing that comes to mind is, is michael bradley um being a defensive midfielder um it's kind of it was the perfect storm that he was coming into the team when i was just when i was uh coming up as well um and then seeing him firsthand you know he was the, another cliche, but was literally the first one at training and the last one to leave. And he was always taking care of himself um, uh, tremendously. You know, he was in the gym doing extra work. He was doing all of his prehab. He was making sure his, he was fit in terms of, you know, nutrition, hydration, like all the stuff that we kind of, um, we touched on is he was doing it to, to a T and, and he played a huge part of, of my, of my career, just even visually, just, just watching him on the day to day. And then also he was kind of, he helped mentor me for a little while as well. You know, he would pull me aside after training sessions and make me do fitness with him. And if he was going to do it, then of course, then I could as well. Um, so he would, he would always kind of do these little things and, you know, pull me into drills after training, whether or not be like for specific for us, you know, touch and finish or touch and pass into so many goals. So he was kind of uh, one, I can say who was definitely um, instrumental to, to my mindset and, and the way I do things now, because, you know, he's a top professional and still playing at you know, one of the highest levels in, in the world and, and doing things that um, he did things that I could only uh, wish for my career. Um, so he was definitely, definitely one of the first things that come to mind. And, and uh, the one that I can uh, solely pinpoint that definitely left a huge impression on me. Yeah. Michael Bradley, you know, phenomenal player, maybe had a bit of a, um, a head start getting, you know, with Bob, you know, the dad <laughs> being able to give him all the tips and tricks of how to, how, yeah, how, to yeah, help exactly. himself and how to conduct himself and how to be a professional, but take exactly. nothing away from Michael Bradley, you know, look at the age he's at. We've talked about the physical demands that it is and not only the Canadian premier league, but in the MLS as well, yeah. he's keeping his body's ticking over. He's what mid thirties. Now he's still yeah. 
every week playing for Toronto. He's lifted yeah, the highest. Guy, yeah. yeah, he's lifted the highest price and MLS has to offer. He's captain yep. his country at a World Cup. Phenomenal, phenomenal career for, for Michael Absolutely. Bradley and long may it continue as well. Um, I think it's really interesting, you know, you've, you you mentioned that he was, you know, maybe so such in, so instrumental for you. Um, if you could give a piece of advice as we begin to wrap up our podcast today, Chris, but if you could give a piece of advice to one young footballer who is either on the verge of going pro or who has just gone pro or who wants to make it pro and is listening to this, what piece of advice would you give that person? I think I would just say be super, super open-minded into learning new concepts within, you know, the entire aspect of playing football. Um, you know, you might think, you know, a lot of the things that might entail to what entails to be a professional, um, just, just be open to learning new things and have a, a great mindset of constantly being positive, no matter the roller coaster of emotions you might be facing. Um, I think if, if you can kind of do those simple things, uh, and always have, um, a somewhat positive outlook, even though it's going to go, th- you're going to go through negative times. Uh, and be open to learning new things. Uh, I think there's a world ahead of of you, of you and, and things that you're going to accomplish and things that you're going to learn from um, a multitude of different people. So I think if you're willing to have kind of that mindset uh, going into the professional game, you're going to have a successful career and not only a successful career, uh, an unbelievably successful career. So I think that's that's super important um, because the talent is, 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 I'm sure, there on each individual. And it's just that mindset and mentality of, of being um, a true professional is what separates uh, you from the rest. There you have it, folks. Words of wisdom, you know, absolute words of wisdom here from from Chris about how you can enhance, you know, your game, how you can achieve optimal performance, how you can push on and and get better and improve and and increase your mindset. Um, I do have to say a thank you to um, the folks at Athletic Ottawa for for arranging this, for for getting for getting Chris, and we went through all all the motions to get you here and I want to thank them for, for being able to do that for me Chris thank you for your time and just before we go anywhere if any of the guys do want to follow you on social media where can they find you yeah my Instagram is C underscore Manila and my Twitter is C10 Manila um, I'm on those I'm not the most active on Twitter but I'll give you a, here and there maybe a good laugh but uh, yeah you can find me there there you have it, folks. Give him a follow. See what he's up to. Follow his journey. Chris, this has been phenomenal. This has been the Match Fit Football Podcast. Like we said, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, at Match Fit Football for all your Match Fit needs. This has been Chris Manila. Chris, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much. A pleasure.